This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Welcome to the weekend edition of the Daily Dad Podcast, where on the weekends we do a deeper dive at how to get better at our most important job, being a parent. Sometimes in these episodes, I talk to best-selling authors and elite performers and other guests, and even cooler to get to interview and be interviewed by my friend Casey Neistat, one of the great YouTubers of all time, the person who encouraged me to bring out my own YouTube channel, who's given me lots of advice as I talk about in today's interview. In the meantime, I will bring you my conversation with the one and only Casey Neistat. You can follow him on every platform, at Casey Neistat. On Twitter, he's just at Casey. And uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this interview with one of my favorite people, one of the only people I run with in the world, and uh, someone who's changed my life in many, many ways. Thanks to Casey. Enjoy. Sometimes we feel uncertain. Sometimes I've felt, uh, I've certainly felt that way, or I felt like I was struggling with something. I didn't know the way out of it or through it. And obviously stoicism is there, but this is also what therapy is there for. It's something that's been there for me for sure over the years. And when I do it regularly, my life is better. When I use it as spot treatment, it's also better, right? If you're thinking of starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Visit betterhelp.com slash daily dad to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash daily dad. Thanks everyone for coming. Is this on? Yeah, we're good. Ryan, I can't see you. Yeah, yeah. Let's move this back. How's that? It's good. That looks nice. I actually haven't seen this in the flesh. So Barnes and Noble has their own edition, and this is very, very cool. It's the only one. It's the only edition with a ribbon. Fancy fact. <laughs> Fancy fact. So, how are you feeling from the run this morning? Casey and I ran 11 miles this morning. Is it all day for both of us? Uh, it was double what I normally do, so the opposite <laughs> of an off day. Do you, you're a morning exercise person. Why is that? For reasons that will provide us with an excellent subway, uh, segue in today's discussion, but um, my kids have to be up at like 7.15 to get to school. So kind of like the only practical time of day for me to get it in is before the kids have to be woken up. So like my deadline, like when I have to be done with all my exercise, my like Casey time for the day is pre like pre 7 a.m. But it's not like you have a job. You could do it any time during the day. Yeah. But like once you once you like fall back on that thing, we're like, ah, I'll run at 10. And then it's like noon and you're like, nah, I'll just go get lunch. And then it's like three. And then before you know it, you've got like one of those mobility carts and you're just kind of like watching TV all the time. And you're like you know, watching Coco Melon on your iPad and you're getting nothing done. No, I think that's, that's interesting because, yeah, it's like once you start the habit of pushing, then you're, you've probably, you're probably already, you're already admitting to yourself that you're not going to do it. Yeah, don't you have like a great Marcus Aurelius quote about this? Uh, probably. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, I feel like I did this because of one of your quotes. Let's see. Well, he has a great one about getting up in the morning, which I love. He says, well, is this what you were put here to do to stay under the covers and be warm? Is this what you were put on this planet to do, which I like? But Seneca's thing is that he says, um, 
the one thing fools have in common is that they're always getting ready to start. So you're about to do it. Like I got to finish this thing first. I'll do it after. So I think there's something about owning, the, doing it first, crossing it off the list. That's really, really good. It's such a healthy practice when you have little kids because when you get up at four thirty in the morning, you are like fucking exhausted <laughs> by eight o'clock at night. My bedtime is nine o'clock. This will be the latest I've stayed up in months. <laughs> and I do that because I fall asleep when my kids fall asleep. Like I have the same sleep schedule as a four-year-old. Yeah. And I find it to be a very healthy thing to do. And I think that my children appreciate that because I'm with them at night. We're on the same cadence. I'm not like get the bed kids so I can watch, you know, the real housewives of Beverly Hills. Yeah. I'm like, kids, come on, let's all fall asleep. And I'm the first one out. Yeah, there, I, I have this story in Discipline is Destiny, but the Toni Morrison thing was she had to get up and do her writing before she heard the word mom in the morning. Before she heard, yeah. So if, if, you get, if you get it done, whether it's the workout or the writing or the alone time or the meditation, you want to do it before you've started the clock as a parent, if you can, which I think is really interesting advice. Um, that I don't work, that, that, that doesn't work for me, but I do think the idea of getting, crossing something off the list as early as possible before you're already tired, before you're already making compromises, before you're already, you know, into the shit. There's something about like the fact that when my children wake up every day, yeah. when I wake them up, I like splashing water on them or whatever I do to get those little rascals out of bed, I've been up for three hours. Yeah and have gotten like a half a day. Like, I think there's some, there's a valuable lesson there. What are other parts of your routine or is it, you just cross that off the list and then it's chaos from there. Yeah. I mean like getting the kids to school every morning, I think is one of the most valuable things as a parent, those sorts of routines. Yeah. My children, like with breakfast, those sorts of routines, like consistency as a parent, I've found to be is one of the kind of the most rewarding things from the, from a child's perspective. It's very hard to get into the mind of a four-year-old, of an eight-year-old, but when there's consistency at hand, like you can really see the response from them. Yeah. What's interesting, right? Like you can see if your kid's routine is disrupted, you see how disrupted they are, right? Like if you normally do things a certain way, or if your life is chaos, you see how it manifests in their behavior. And then we're not that different. Like I, I realize that if I don't have a routine, I, my behavior suffers and my willpower suffers and my equanimity suffers. And so I think the idea is like, everyone should be on a sleep schedule. Everyone should be on a routine. It, it, it's a human thing as opposed to a uh, kid thing. Yeah. Also, there's like no easier way to look someone in the eye and say, I'm better than you. Then what time you woke up? I wake up at five in the morning every day. <laughs> that is a powerful... Um, I think I've read all of your books, except I haven't read The Daily Dad yet. Well, it just it, came out. Yeah, and, I haven't uh, had. and you shouldn't be more than one page into it. Right. Just to be clear, it's, it should take you a year. If anyone says they've finished, they already broke the rule and didn't make it through the intro. It's very clearly, it's one page a day. Um, how, many how many parents in here? Like how many people... Whoa, there's so few parents in here. What do you say when someone says to you, like, I've got big news, we're having a baby. Yeah. Like, do you have any advice for me? Oh, 
Um, what, yeah. Where do you start? I'm mean, actually, I was thinking about this because we were talking about routines. We had some friends that when they had their first kid, I was like, you guys need to start routines because they were like two. This was many years ago. They're two sort of work from home, self-employed people. Geeks, that's what you start. With. I was like, you got to. I was like, you like these were people who were like, oh yeah, you know, we go to bed whenever, we wake up whenever, we get started working whenever. I was like, you got to start bringing some order to that chaos just as practice because you can't raise a kid in that. And so I was, I, it, it's just interesting. I, 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 again, I think it's good for you, the individual, but it's critical in the house. Like you can't, you can't just be winging it. You gotta, I think the first thing is you gotta start getting some stuff in order. Cause it is like a, a hurricane happening in your house. If you're adding chaos on top of that chaos, I think you're never gonna get, you're never gonna get your arms wrapped around it. And it, that has that has that advice that you give. Would you say that shaped you as a parent? I mean, I, your I think uh, Tom Segura has this joke that I love, where he says, like, you know, people say having a kid changes you, and he's like, no, having a kid should change you, right? Like, unfortunately, it doesn't, <clears throat> right? You've got to decide to make those changes. So I think you know that there was a, a lot of growing up. There was a lot of getting serious about things. I think that's actually, you know, and you know, and have you guys seen Knocked Up, the movie? <clears throat> Remember, there's a scene where she's like, "What do you mean you haven't read the baby books?" Right? And he's like, "I, what do you?" Mean? There's this huge fight. He's like, "Why do the books matter?" It's funny. I think she, the reason she's saying the books matter isn't because there's actually that much good stuff in the books. It's about can you make even the most basic commitment to this being a thing that you are taking seriously. Right. And the, the beginning of this book, I, I basically make this distinction between having kids and being a parent. And I know a lot of people that have kids. And I, I know a fewer amount of people who are parents. Right. The decision to make this thing a central part of your life, to make the changes in how your life is structured, what you prioritize, what you get serious about. That, I think, is the critical, like, big breakthrough yeah i would say that like when people have one kid yeah they have a kid yeah. they're not parents they, because like one child it's and you like can a, hand that kid off it's to a cool fashion yeah. accessory yeah. it's something to talk about it's like the coolest arm candy it's a child like it's yeah. a cool like how cute and fun and all and two kids means like old me is dead six feet under <laughs> i am all in i am fully committed yeah. I've completely turned that corner. Sure. And I think that, um, I think there's a lot, of, I say that crassly, but there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. There's a kind of commitment that happens. You can wing it at first, and then having to is like, oh no, this is, this is, this is like, this is it now. Yeah. And when people ask me about, especially new parents, um, when they say we're having, like, what, do you, what advice, I prepare them for the horrors of parenthood. Yeah. Because I feel like as a parent, you feel obliged to talk about how beautiful and wonderful it is, which it is. Um, I've never not been a parent. And that is an absolutely wild statement to make. I have never not been a parent. I was a child. And then I was a parent. I had a kid when I was a teenager. I've never not been. A, I've been a parent my entire adult life. There's never been a moment without yeah, it. You're like the story that parents don't want their teenagers to know because you had a kid in high school and it worked out for you. The kid worked out, you yeah, worked out. The best age to start thinking about parenthood is 15. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But you're like the exception that proves the rule. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. But but I, I do think that talking about the hardships, talking about the fact that like when you have a newborn in the house, it's mostly horrible. The child gives nothing back. Like there's my kids are great. They're four and eight. Like Brandy and I play Minecraft till two in the morning. It's super fun. She's really good at it. But a newborn is nothing but like scary uncertainty, what's coming next, exhaustion, fighting between you and your partner. The challenge is, and it is not sexy to talk about. It's not. And I find that the more, I mean, I always say it with a sense of sort of sardonicism. I always say it because otherwise you're just a fucking psychopath. But I mean every word that I say about how challenging it is. And I find that people find comfort in that because it's a sort of honesty that, that a lot of people are scared to confront. Well, there's two ways to think about it. One, which is, yeah, you, you go into this thing that's basically impossible to prepare, prepare for, but people haven't even attempted to prepare, right? There's that expression that like plans are worthless, but planning is everything. So if you haven't thought about it, if you haven't tried to make the decisions, you're trying to do it all on the fly, like you're going to get overwhelmed. And the Stoics talk about how, you know, um, the unexpected lands heaviest. So if you're just like, oh, it'll be awesome, you're going to get crushed. At the same time, I do feel like people are done disservice when all they hear is how terrible it is. It's like, if it was exclusively terrible, people wouldn't be doing it, right? Like, it is also profoundly rewarding and amazing. And I think there's, a, there's something weird, too, and I, I do try to talk about it in the book, which is like, okay, so like, I think we can, I don't think it's controversial to stipulate, like, moms have been doing most of the work for all of human history and society has been sort of rigged to make sure that that is the case when it comes to parenting, right? Um, and, and so like uh, that also though has deprived men of being way more involved and getting way more of the rewards of what is an amazing, rewarding, beautiful experience, right? So, you know, men weren't in the hospital when kids were born and then they were like, oh, I'll check in when they're six, you know, uh, when I start to take over their education or something. Like, like they've skipped all this wonderful stuff. There's a story I tell in the book where um, Winston Churchill is sitting with his son. His son is like, I think his son's already married. So his son's older. And they stay up late into the night talking and it occurs to him, he goes, you know what? I think I've talked to you tonight more than my father talked to me in his entire life. And that's obviously an extreme case, but not that extreme, right? Um, like parents of this generation spend more time with their kids than the previous generation. The pre and you think about, like, that's not just, that wasn't just unfair. It was also really sad. And it cost both the kid and the parent one of the most wonderful things in the world, which is time together. Yeah, yeah. I think about that a lot. My, my, you know, my father had to work an unrelenting schedule to yeah. keep us above water when I was a kid. And like the, the most, you know, the, the most kind of concrete memory, the one that's most visceral is him coming home from work because he would always come home from work just as we were about to go to bed. Yeah. And, you know, when they were putting kids to bed, they fight tooth and nail. So like any moment of excitement is an excuse to not go to sleep and it, it lands particularly hard. And that's what I remember of my childhood when I think of both of my parents, when I think of, but especially my father, is that moment when you would hear like the, the bell ring because we had a bell on our front door and that meant he was home. And that was such an exciting, real thing. And I think about that a lot when it's like 
five thirty and I'm at the office and it's like I could stay here till seven. Yeah. I know I'm good till we got coverage till seven. I'm good till seven. And like almost every night I'm like, fuck it, I'm running home to hang out. I don't think I've ever regretted coming home early or Never. making more time. And yeah, there is this this sense, you know, they go like you only have eighteen summers with your kids or eighteen years with your kids, but it's way less than that, right? Way less, way less than that because they're in school, you're working. They also only want to be around you for the first six, seven years, right? So you're like you. It's such you have, a raw deal. You know, you know that you're going to miss this time that you're in. Right. And then you're like, oh, but I got like emails to respond to or, you know, somebody I think this is you and I have connected over this idea of saying no. Right. To things because you get a lot of inbounds as I do. And what I try to remind myself is that when I'm saying yes to this thing, like I probably would as cool as that Google thing was like if I got invited to it today, I'd. I'd be like, sorry, I don't want to get on. I don't want to fly across the ocean. You know, I I would measure that in how many bedtimes I would miss. Right? That's how I kind of think about things. I think about I think about it in terms of how many bedtimes am I going to miss. Um, by the way, I lost the cards. I don't know where they went. Where Do you have them? Yeah. The the questions. I made this movie called My Kid and Me. Yeah. About my son before my daughters were born. And I did this animation in it because it's a visual that's always been in my brain when trying to just comprehend what it is to, to lose your kid's childhood, like when they stop being children. And I drew it as like two points that start together and then they really grow distant and then they sort of come back together, if you can, if you can visualize yeah. that. And that is when they're children, when they're babies, they're 100% dependent on you. When they're newborns, they're literally 100% dependent on you. Their survival depends on your attention. My kid's four now, and she could probably figure out how to get to the Cinnamon Toast Crunch if we left her alone for like three days. But the minute she's out of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, she's in trouble. So she still needs me, but slightly less. And that trajectory continues. Um, and it continues, in my experience, as a 42-year-old man who's been both a, a parent and obviously a son, um, it somewhat ironically starts to come back together when you yourself have children, because it's like that, that, that saying that is like, you will never love, your children will never love you. Love might be the wrong word. Appreciate might be a more fair word, but you will, your children will never love you the way you love your children. And I didn't understand that about my, it was incomprehensible that my parents even liked me. <laughs> I fucking burned down the neighbor's house, man. And this is not a joke. I literally <laughs> burned down my neighbor's house. I was the worst kid that you could ever have until I had children. And then it was like, like I was pretty cute when I was little. Like, There's no way they didn't like me when I was a baby. Yeah. They felt what I'm feeling for my children. Sure. Uh, do I ask you these questions? I don't. I, I can give them to me. I'll, I'll I'll pick the ones I like. I was wondering why you handed them. I don't know. Right, that's good. Maybe I don't have. Did we lose them? No, no, no. I got them. 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 But, but yeah, like I met, so I measure like what I say yes or no to, I measure it in terms of like how many bedtimes am I going to miss? And, and I, it's, it's helpful for me. Like when, before I had kids, I was much less disciplined about saying yes or no to stuff. Cause I was like, I didn't want to hurt people's feelings. I wanted to do cool stuff. Even though I knew that I was taking away from my work, it was taking away from my relationship with my wife, it was taking away from, it was contributing to burnout, any of that stuff. But, but then when you, have, when you have opportunity costs personified in a cute, innocent 
dependent thing that you love more than anything in the world, you're able to go, oh, I'm saying yes to you because you want to be on a conference call, which isn't necessary at all, um, or you want to meet in person about a thing that could be a five-sentence email, and I'm saying yes to you because I don't want to argue with you, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I'm saying no to this person, who, by the way, I lie to myself and say, I do everything for them. I do it all for them. It's not true at all. No, you you are, and my wife's been saying this thing recently that I've been thinking a lot about. She's like, we're being um, too nice and that's making us not be kind. Meaning we're being nice to random people and then not being kind at home or to people we actually care about because we used it all up. Yeah, no, that is why I'm just perpetual asshole to everyone. Because all my nice is used up for my kids. I'm very, I very much appreciate you coming tonight, by the way. I know you, I, I never ask you for anything yeah, and yeah. I appreciate you asking for this. It was my one ask. I'll talk to you in 10 years for, <laughs> for round two. And by the way, I was thinking about it. The secret to being a good parent, I've decided, is presents, right? You have to give them lots and lots of presents. Not gifts, the other kind of presence. You have to be with your kids when you're with your kids. As dads, we know how important keeping up with your health is so you can keep up with your kids. And that's why today's episode is brought to you by My Life Force. My Life Force combines technology, medical experts, and personalized support for optimal health and performance. My Life Force measures what others miss going beyond typical doctors. And it focuses on optimization. Their comprehensive membership covers hormones, organs, nutrients, and more with continuous performance tracking. Thanks to regular blood tests and personalized plans. Since joining, My Life Force members have reported better energy, sharper focus, greater strength, deeper sleep, and more. If you want to unlock your potential as a person and as a parent, join My Life Force and experience improved quality of life. Don't settle take control and you can start your membership today and receive 200 bucks off visit mylifeforce.com that's mylifeforce.com hey you're listening to the daily dad podcast one meditation a day inspired to help you do your most important job which is be a great father these are meditations inspired by ancient wisdom psychological research and just great strategies from normal dads just like you. Thanks for listening.